0: Welcome to the Table Leadership Podcast, where everyone is invited to pull up a seat and all leaders have a voice to contribute to the conversation. We're glad you could join us today. And now, your host, Sian Edgerton. Welcome, everyone. I am really excited today to get to introduce you to a new friend of mine. We were connected through a mutual contact. We've both been part of the same leadership development program called Uptick, which um, if you've been listening for a while, a few weeks ago, we had my good friend and mentor John Chandler on, and he talked a lot about the Uptick model. And so uh, Joanna is a current upticker herself. And so John connected us. and just super excited to have her expertise on today. So welcome. Thank you so much for being
1: here. Yeah, happy to be here. Great to be getting to know you with this John Chandler uptick connection. <laughs> yeah. And you are in Toronto, correct? Yes, that's right. I am in Canada. <laughs> awesome. And so tell us a little bit about you. You know, what do you do and, and who you are and all that good stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I am a Canadian, as we've already said, and but I've lived all over the world. I've lived in Europe, and Asia, and in Canada, I've traveled to many, many countries. I'm, I mean, if it wasn't a pandemic, I, I'm in the States probably twice a month uh, for my work. So what do I do? I work in, 50% of the time, I say that I'm a communicator. So that looks like I have a a podcast called Word Made Digital. I have a Christian TV show in Canada, like a women's talk show, kind of like The View. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So it's a Canadian version of that. And, uh, and I speak at various conferences and events and a lot of online speaking these days. And then the other 50, so 50%, I'm a communicator. The other 50% is I help others communicate. So that looks like I do a lot of consulting work uh, and coaching for churches and Christian ministries to do with communication strategy and how to transition to the digital world, um, how to think thoughtfully and theologically about um, the implications of technology in our lives. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's a real privilege to, to come alongside churches and help them communicate. I always say the I think that the church has the best news in the world. So we should be the best communicators in the world, but Mm -hmm. often we are falling far behind uh, Mm -hmm. in that category. So it's my joy and uh, ministry calling to help people communicate. So that's, I have a lot to learn myself, but that's what I do. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's fantastic. And I can only imagine in a, in a time like this right now that you're probably busier than ever. Um, I mean, most of the churches and leaders and pastors that I know that I'm talking to are saying, gosh, and it's a wide spectrum of we weren't really online at all. And now we're trying to figure out how to be online to, hey, we were online, but now we're having to completely reframe and restructure everything that we yeah. do online. And so just so much that this pandemic has forced us into when it comes to technology.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's overnight, the world, it felt like overnight, the world changed. And so Mm -hmm. so there were, there are some churches that have had like some sort of online platform for maybe streaming their Sunday services, but nobody really was doing small group discipleship, evangelism, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the full sort of breadth of what a church does. Not many churches in the world. There's maybe only a three or four that we're doing all of that online. Mm -hmm. And so churches are trying to figure it out. Some starting from scratch, some a little bit further out the gate, but everybody's wrestling with it. And then even in the age of all this, since we're all online all the time, some of the stuff that you might've done online before that worked doesn't work anymore because everyone's tired of being online. (laughs) Yep.
0: Yep. So many different factors to consider. So I'm actually really excited to chat about this with you and just get some insight and uh, just some kind of practical ways that each of us individually, regardless of what our vocation is, can say, hey, here's this opportunity that we have. I love what you said about thinking theologically about the implications of technology. I definitely want to hear more about that. But, you know, each of us has a sphere of influence. And now this world, the platform is just open and trying to figure out how do I navigate that? What do I do with it? How do I steward it really well? I think that's such a relevant conversation to be having at this specific moment in history. So I'm really excited. But the first thing that I want to ask you, and we always start with this kind of our icebreaker question. This is, I I truly believe this is how I get to know my guests the best um, because I have two great loves in life and that's food and leadership. So if we were gathered together right now, live in person around a table, uh, pouring into a group of people, coaching, investing in them, what would you be feeding us?
1: I mean, well, well, we got to just name, I'm not a great cook. So I mean, I would probably Uber eats you something if, you know, I mean, no, what I would probably do if I have people over for dinner, cause I'm not a fancy cook is I would do like a really huge pasta dish,
0: like mm. some
1: like real, like, you know, all that gluten or gluten-free, whichever you want. But I would do like a huge, probably like, you know, spaghetti and meatballs and like lots of Parmesan and garlic bread and a Caesar salad, something that's, just, and you know, something warm and yummy and full of carbs. (laughs)
0: Yep. All the good stuff. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Okay. And so you've kind of already answered my next question, which is what do you bring to the leadership table? You've spoken to that by telling us what you do. Can you start um, just by kind of breaking down for us a little bit, what you mean when you talk about to the theological implications of technology, and how do we, yeah. as believers, whether we're in vocational ministry or not, how do we, as believers, approach the world of technology and steward it really well?
1: Oh, I mean, it's a huge conversation. I mean, mm-hmm. it, so I did a my undergrad was a business degree, marketing and business, and then I did a master's in theology, and the focus of that theology was my my thesis work was around uh, a theology of The digital world and how do we do evangelism and discipleship? So there's, you know, that to say we could spend a long time here because I could nerd out with you, but but basically it's things like what I mean, what I mean by, and I wouldn't say this as much applies in a pandemic because we're more in a crisis and unusual scenario, but Mm -hmm. but in a day to day experience of church up until February 2020, you know, we, you know, churches can live stream their church services. Uh, That's available technology. Okay. So should they, what, what does that mean? What happens when, again, in assuming a normal scenario, what Mm -hmm. happens when people don't have to go to the building? What happens when you can stay home and engage with church from there? What, what is gained, but also what is lost? So I think there's the biggest, the biggest questions um, typically start with things like um, sacraments, Mm -hmm. things like communion or Eucharist, whatever you call it. Um, you know, the bread and the wine or the bread and the grape juice. What do we do about that in digital worlds? And, uh, what about baptism? Those would be like some of the top two questions. How do you baptize someone on zoom or Skype or FaceTime or like a YouTube live stream? How do you do that? Is it possible? Um, you know, and that's sort of, um, now in an, in a moment where everyone is online and it's the only way we can meet, I think we can make some adjustments. Mm -hmm. But when we're talking about kind of normal life, I think we want to think about are we, you know, I, I, for example, I saw an online church that, this was a couple of years ago, that it was a church in uh, the U.S., I want to say like South Carolina or, you know, somewhere over there and (laughs) somewhere, somewhere somewhere Southern and warm. And um, this church was, over video, the pastor was baptizing someone who was being dunked in their bathtub by a family member. Mm -hmm. And this wasn't a pandemic. This was like a normal time. And so we want to ask, should they do that? Is that a bad idea? A good idea? Like like when it was a time where that person surely in an American town within a 30 minute drive, there must be multiple churches that they could go to physically. Um, Why are we baptizing people over the internet in a bathtub? Is that a problem? And it just messes with your head a little bit when you start to think about this. And so that's where, uh, when I say we need to think theologically, I mean, we need to understand doctrine and theology as it relates to technology. Technology, um, can be a great help to us, but it can Mm -hmm. also, uh, we can lose something as well. And I think the good news is though, now in, in this pandemic moment, I think the great news about that is we will be more clear than ever coming out the other side of this, um, how valuable in-person connection is for most Mm -hmm. every human, that we know that there is a gift that we can have by connecting this way on the internet. It's amazing. I'm so grateful for it. And also, we do now know more than ever, it's not exactly the same, is it? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, there's lots of things that we want to get back to doing in person because the online can't quite replace it.
0: Yeah, that's great. Are there any specific resources that you might recommend for an organization that is kind of wrestling through some of these questions? Like, Hey, we actually do really want to consider theologically the implications of technology, man, where do we start?
1: Yeah. I mean, free resources. I would say things like why I have the podcast that I have called Word Made Digital
0: mm-hmm. is
1: because it's a resource to people who want to wrestle through Word Made Digital is a playoff of John chapter one, where I love Eugene Peterson's version in the message. It says the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Yeah. So what do we do when the word becomes digital and mm-hmm. moves into the palm of our hands? Uh, we have to ask questions about that. And, and, and uh, that's what my podcast is about. So just as a one pointer amongst so many, I mean, if we're talking, uh, dense theology, I think I'm happy to send you some, some books that, uh, people can reference in the, you know, in the show notes, if people mm-hmm. want to check out some books, it's so hard for me to pull names of things off the top of my head like that. I can barely remember the names of my nieces and nephews, <laughs> but <laughs> But uh, no, I mean, there's great, there's great writing out there. I think the problem is with some of that, though, as soon as things are written in a textbook or an academic work, you know, things change two years later. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to find, find um, thoughtful work on the topic that's specific to our current moment. Yeah. Um, so I teach, I teach a seminary course, um, right now on church and technology. And so, I mean, I would just say to most people, if you're really interested in wrestling this through as a church leader and feel unequipped, there are, there would be a local school or, you know, you could take my, my, my seminary is offering this course online as, as every seminary is these days, but you know, there's lots of seminaries and schools where you could, Uh, where you could take a course or audit a course or take a course for credit. And if you really wanted to dive in, but uh, a a last resource I would say is I host a Facebook group. If you um, are on Facebook, if people are listening on Facebook, it's called digital church. If people want to find it and the digital church, Facebook group is wrestling through uh, how do we do evangelism and discipleship in the digital? How do we be that? Not just church on Sundays, but how do we be the church seven days a week? in the digital world. And uh, we have hundreds, you know, soon to be thousands of people in this community, leaders and thinkers and people caring about this topic all over the world. Um, And so join the conversation you learn, and you're going to connect and learn from other people who are asking the same questions or trying to answer and resolve that in their own church community. The internet is full of resources for you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And we're going to link everything um, in the show notes. I'll make sure that people have access to your Facebook group and to your podcast, Word Made Digital. I think that's a really great place to start directing people. So we would love to link them up with you. Um, so those of you who are listening who are just saying, yes, that resonates. I, I need, you know, some of this wisdom and experience. Check out the show notes. We'll make sure that you have access to all of Join the stuff. Um, so the other thing that I want to ask you is when we're not thinking about someone who's leading a church or in vocational ministry, trying to put an entire organization online, but says, Hey, as a believer, as a carrier of good news, the best news, as you called it in my everyday life, as I'm considering the platforms that I have and my different uh, areas of communication, what are some of the things that we can do just individually to be better communicators, because I think what's really beautiful about technology these days is the opportunity. And I know, you know, sometimes it can be a really dark place, obviously, but it's also for those of us who are the bearers of light, a great opportunity to actually go and be the hands and feet. And uh, every single one of us is is called and equipped to be a bearer of good news. And so how do we just individually kind of Navigate what does this look like? Whether I'm just talking about social media or maybe I have, you know, my own little website blog, you know, what are some of the things that are relevant right now? What are some of the things to consider when we as individuals talk about using our technology platforms to be bearers of good news? Um, You know, what are maybe some of the things to consider so that we can steward that really well? Um Just maybe some practical things that you might speak to yeah.
1: um well, first of all uh to be a good communicator, you have to be a good listener mm-hmm. so I hope that your listeners that's probably why they're here on the podcast right they're listening they're trying to learn um I think we need to ask more questions and say less generally mm-hmm. uh as uh Christians we need to i don't mean say less like shut up and sit down I mean um sometimes it becomes just like a verbal diarrhea of Mm -hmm. stuff. And I think we need to be asking more questions, listening carefully to uh, what culture is saying uh, and what people we love who are not people of faith uh, are saying around us. And um, that will help us speak in the language that they understand and help us to, um, talk about the thing that they actually want to talk about. Like I just, for, so I'll go into some really practical things in a sec, but just for mm-hmm. example, I just was listening to Carrie Newhoff's podcast, fellow Canadian. If you listen to Carrie's podcast, millions of leadership people listen to it. If you've not heard of it, another one to check out. And, uh, he just was interviewing Tim Keller. Mm-hmm. and Tim Keller was talking about how, uh, in about his parents' generation and how you present the gospel. Uh, the best news in the world then was they the fundamental thing that that a previous generation was trying to be you know almost a hundred years ago now they were trying to be good, and mm-hmm. so you would address them with a good news story of how you could never be good you 're never going to measure up, you feel this guilt within the answer is jesus and today fast forward, Tim Keller would argue on this podcast episode that today if he were to start a church in 2020 in new york city which he's you know he's retired from that life now but he would say the primary question we're asking now is identity mm-hmm. And so it's not about being a good person, it's about follow your truth, live your best life, YOLO, you know all this stuff. And right. so we got to make sure we're answering the right concern. If we come into the conversation trying to talk to people about being a good person or feeling guilt, they're like, "Hold on, don't talk to me about that guilt and that sin and that's your thing. Don't put that on me." But now people are talking about identity and what is my true purpose and meaning in life and who am I? Who's the real me and how can I live my truest best Life and be my best self and all that kind of stuff. And so, okay, so let's talk about the identity that we find in Christ and that, like, no other I- like identity. Um, he says he said this brilliant line, something like, um, "For every other way of life other than Christianity, other religions, and other approaches to life, uh, it's all about what you achieve. But in Christianity, your identity is achieved through accomplishment through work." through whatever, through, you know, relational status, whatever it's achieved, but in Christianity, your identity is received.
0: Yeah, and so good.
1: he would pivot to that. And so, I mean, this is Tim Keller. This is not me. He's super smart, but the idea being, we need to pay attention to culture. Cause if we're communicating and we're talking like it's a hundred years ago, still we've completely Um, offended and missed people who actually might be hungry for the truth of Jesus, this best news in the world. If we Mm -hmm. would only actually talk to them about the thing they're concerned about, (laughs) right. Instead of something that their grandma was caring about. Yeah. So all that to say, practically, I mean, the digital world offers us all kinds of opportunities, I would say, I encourage people, people are like, should I start a podcast? Should I be on YouTube? Oh, what about blogging, Instagram, blah, blah, blah. I would just say general advice is pick the thing. They're all free to you. And it costs almost nothing to do any of these, these days, you have a phone in your pocket. That's amazing. You can record a podcast in your bedroom, like all that you can write things on your phone and post them for the world to see. So, uh, that's not a hindrance anymore. Um, I think, I think it's just choosing a, a, a medium that connects to how you are as a human being. Like if you love to talk, then maybe a podcast is great. Or if, uh, you're really comfortable on camera, then I don't know, film yourself. Or if you love to write and you're more introverted or something, then yeah, start writing. I mean, there's lots of ways we can do it, but just pick a, pick something that connects with the way you're built. And then just start engaging with it. Yeah, that's
0: good. Um, And it feels like too, that's, it seems like that's also, you know, one of the questions that we want to be considering and asking And who is it? that I'm, that I'm called to, who do I feel most passionate about? Um, I mean, obviously we have access to the entire world globally, but I've found it to be really critical to actually identify who are my people and how can I best engage with them and, and being able to narrow that down and know, I mean, obviously if I can reach everybody, I want to reach everybody, but also my capacity is going to be limited. And so it, with my personal story and life experience and gifting and That God has given me, can I identify who my people are and figure out where they are, and then utilize that best platform to get to them? All of these things kind of seem to be like webbed together. That's good.
1: Yeah. Well, and like you know, I have a a friend who's a a a hairstylist in like a very very fancy high end salon that you know I can't afford to go to. <laughs> you know, it's probably like in Toronto, it's like literally the place that Drake goes to get his hair cut. Yeah. Yeah, I can't afford this place. And uh, B- Bieber and his wife go there or something. And so uh, this is Toronto celebs. And um, man, like the opportunity you have as a hairstylist to take leadership uh, and to speak to the people who you're like a therapist to them. They t- they sit in your chair for 30 minutes or an hour or a few hours, depending on what mm-hmm. you're doing. And you have this amazing opportunity to care for people, listen to them, share a bit about yourself. Um, you know, and she's doing that every single day and that's her ministry. Her ministry is the ministry of haircuts and it's beautiful. Yeah. And so we all have a space that fits us that we can use. That's awesome.
0: So, Kind of, and I don't know if you can answer this question regardless of how we're communicating. It might need to sort of be tailored to whether you're communicating verbally or with the written word or video or whatever it may be. But if we were to do a crash course in communication, because I think for a lot of us, it comes naturally. You know, we feel like, oh, yes, I was born to be a writer. I was born to talk. I was born to be on video. But for those of us who say, gosh, that's a little intimidating, I'm not quite sure where to start you know, how do I be a, a good communicator? I mean, I think even when we look at, you know, the life of Jesus in the early church, there were so many different things that they did intentionally and used in order to um, communicate well to the people in, in a way that would be received and culturally relevant. So if we were to do like a crash course in communication, what are some of the things to avoid? What are some of the things that we can practice uh, to be good communicators? What are some of those you know, maybe
1: just few things that you would yeah. give us as our starting yeah. points. Oh gosh. I mean, depends which this is. Ooh. Okay. That's a huge question. I mean, something that comes to mind, like a random communications thing. I just was writing to somebody. I was coaching somebody yesterday um, from a large church who I received an email from their mailing list and I'm in I'm in relationship with them. So I wrote back and said like, ah, who wrote this email? Because it's bad. Um, you know, in a loving, in a loving way, because um a key principle in communications is what they call key point up front. Key point mm-hmm. up front. And that just means literally like say the most important thing as quickly as possible and then uh you know, say all the details below don't bury the lead. You're going to lose people. So like this email had all this like meandering stuff and you had to scroll and scroll and scroll through all these links and images and all this whole email garbage, (laughs) which feels like garbage. Cause like you just, they say in the subject line, like we got a special announcement, but then you had to find it like way off of even your first screen. You had to scroll through to find Mm -hmm. finally at the bottom, they did their special announcement. And I'm like, you should do it the opposite special announcement up top. You've pulled people in. It's the reason they opened the email. Don't make it difficult for people. And then from there, they're going to want more information. Put it all below, put all your secondary stuff or the other things you might want them to know. But if you don't put your key point up front, it's the same in verbal communication. You know, people, people are lost and people forget yeah. and people are lazy and not lazy. Like people are tired and overwhelmed by too much. I mean, we have so much communicated us every single mm-hmm. day from all kinds of means. So that's something. Uh, I don't know if this that's is true. answering your question. Um, I think, yeah, in communication in general, um, you know, I think it can be learned. Everyone can mm-hmm. get better at communicating. Some people are more natural to it than others. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's okay. Not everybody is needing to be a, a person who stands on a stage in front of 20,000 people. Very, very few people in the world would ever do that in their lifetime. Um, yeah. But if you also are growing in your skill, actually, the internet is a great place to practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing I want to speak to there is, is, uh, is people who have that dream of like the being on the TV or the stage or the, the book that sells a bestseller on the New York Times or, you know, these, these big things. It's like, well, where do you think you should start? Like, start on the internet ways to do that. Like, you know, yeah. when I was, when I was first starting out as a, preacher communicator, you know, I was speaking in rooms of 50, a hundred, a few hundred, maybe a thousand, uh, in a big, in the big church that I worked at. And, um, but then like you post a video on the internet and in theory, it could be viewed by dozens or hundreds or thousands or even millions. Um, and you did it like from your, your home. And so it's a opportunity too that, you know, if, I mean, numbers alone aren't the only goal, but Mm -hmm. it's also a great opportunity to practice if you're not very good. And we probably all think we're better than we actually are. So if we're not very good, uh, the internet, um, (laughs) trying stuff digitally trying like to, I don't know, like have them, have an Instagram account to reach, to connect and reach people or teach people something or encourage them or I don't know, whatever you're doing. Uh, it's a great place to practice so that you can become a better communicator. Mm-hmm. And so then you might get that opportunity that you dream of, um, Yeah, but you won't get that opportunity if you've not practiced. And the internet is a great place to practice. That's And great. you want to that- do that when your audience is small, because right. if you have that, like if you have like a hundred thousand subscribers on your Instagram and you miscommunicate something or it's not exactly what you meant it to say, mm-hmm. gosh, like you're going to get like, you know, haters. But if you did yep. it and there were only like a hundred people, well then like you learn, it's not a huge consequence. You know, you're not falling from so high and you can rebuild. <laughs>
0: exactly. So with that in mind, um, let me ask you if it's okay. I want to ask you about some very specific platforms. And cause I, you know, I have a lot of, a lot of writer speaker friends who are in all of these different places and kind of trying to navigate how to really maximize that space. And like you just said, I think that was a great example with the newsletter, with the email, don't bury the lead. The, uh, what, it, what was the phrase that you used the first? Yeah, key, key point up front. Key point up front. That's what it was. Yeah. So keep the key point up front. So for someone who is putting out a regular, um, mailing, uh, email to their subscribers, newsletter, whatever, I think like that right there was a fantastic, just one little thing to kind of keep in mind. Um, and this conversation actually just last night, I was meeting with my team, with my whole table team, and uh, we were talking through some things. And one of the things that came up, I don't know, you know, how much you're following what's, happening in the U S right now, but, um, there,
1: we're following. Yeah. Okay.
0: So two, (laughs) uh, two very specific, um, uh, social injustice issues, uh, Mm -hmm. recently. Mm -hmm. And so we were having a conversation about that. We have a very diverse team and we were just having this really candid conversation, um, about, Hey, how do we use our platforms in the best way to, to speak to this? Um, and so we, we just had a great conversation about, gosh, what do we say? How do we say it? What do we use? What do we consider? And so not necessarily with that specific topic in mind, but can I throw out a few different platforms and can you kind of say, Hey, here's what you want to do. Here's how you can maximize that platform. Here's what you don't want to do. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's say Instagram, maybe. Mm
1: -hmm. Like what should we do with Instagram?
0: Yeah, like if Instagram is my main platform of communication, what are some things that I can do to maximize it and what do I maybe not want to do?
1: Yeah, um, the first thing on any social media platform I would say is I hope at the same time you would be building an email list. It's not sexy, but Instagram is not owned by you. Instagram is owned by Instagram and they can change the rules at any time or just go away. Mm -hmm. (laughs) At any moment, you could have spent your whole two years building a following on Instagram and then all of a sudden Instagram changes the game, changes Mm -hmm. what they do, or they've just decided Instagram isn't the product they want to use anymore for their business purposes and they delete it, imagine, and -hmm. you didn't have any way to contact your followers anywhere else and now it's gone. Or like your classic stuff on all everyone always complains about is like, nobody sees my stuff anymore. Like the algorithms change, all that kind of stuff. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Like people are on Instagram, but they're not liking and engaging with stuff as much as they used to because we're all tired and because the game changes every two years, every six months, whatever it is. And so uh, just in general, whatever social platform we're talking about, email list. It's not exciting, but if you don't have one, uh, start one, you know, you can give away almost anything, just like five tips to setting up your home office or just Mm -hmm. something that doesn't take you too long, but something relevant to your audience and ask people for their email so they can get that free thing. And suddenly you're building your email list that then if you're promoting something. If you want a book deal, they're going to want to know what your email list is. If you're, I don't know, trying to move platforms, you're on Instagram, but you want to shift to YouTube. Well, people, how are they going to know about that? You know, you want to be able to email list. You own it. Nobody else owns it. If they give you their email, you own their email address. Uh, you do not own Instagram or Facebook or YouTube. You know, I have a bunch of friends on YouTube who are, you know, some people make their whole living off YouTube that I know and then they change the rules of like how much money you can make off your ads and then everyone loses their minds. I'm like, well you you should probably like not just rely on this company. Like like this company is letting you post stuff for free, so they got to right. make money somehow. So yeah. make sure you have some stuff that you own. So that's the big picture. To talk about Instagram specifically, I mean in general like I think the biggest mistake people make on Instagram and probably any platform, but especially on Instagram is they don't talk to people and have conversations. Really? They just are like greedy for likes and comments and mm-hmm. they never actually speak with the people who they follow. If you want to have raving fans, loyal fans, people who tell other people about you, talk to them. Like yeah. ask a question. If they comment on your picture um, and say, Oh yeah. I do, oh, like, Oh, haha. That's so funny. And I would ask back like, Oh, like, what does it remind you of? Or like, have you ever gone through that too? Or like anything, anything at all to try and get them to continue to talk to you. Yeah. Because they will become loyal to you. They will like you more. Who doesn't want to be talked to on the internet? Mm -hmm. That's the point we want. It's supposed to be social, but so often we're using it like this megaphone where we're just like posting stuff and trying to like collect likes and hoard them. It's Mm -hmm. strange. So we need to interact. Um, I mean, good. stories is super good. Now it's now, um, a new thing that's just see, changes all the time. A new thing that just came out in the last couple of days, uh, Instagram lives can now be saved to IGTV. So that's really awesome that you can download your Instagram live, which you couldn't, you couldn't do for a long time and you can save it to your IGTV. So if you have a great live by yourself or with a guest, uh, but you do a podcast episode that way, whatever that looks mm-hmm. like, you can actually save that to IGTV as an episode And, um, you know, like that great content that you had isn't lost. Yeah. Um, I don't know. These these are some random things. I hope that.
0: (laughs) No, these are, these are great things. You know, I think for, for someone who's obviously well-versed in it, it, it seems basic, but for someone who's really just starting trying to figure out what do I do and where do I do it? This is awesome. I want to ask you, I'm glad that you brought up the email subscriber list. Um, Cause I am, I was talking to a publisher a couple years ago, you know, about some book ideas that I had. And she said, well, the very first thing that I'm going to tell you to do, even before you start writing your book is start a subscriber list. I don't care what you do mm-hmm. with it. I don't care what you send to people, but she said the exact same thing. You know, you yeah. own the list. She said that email list will always be your place of greatest buy-in. And so um, that was the number one thing she recommended. And so what would you, whether someone is pulling those people from their website, you know, pop up, I go to a website, hey, join our email list, or whether it's on social media, um, what are some of the things that we want to do with that email list? Is there um, a frequency that we should try to shoot for with communicating with our people? Like, how do we steward that email list really well?
1: Yeah, I, I guess it depends what you're doing. Um, I mean, some people send stuff out from their email list every day. Um, and that isn't a, that is like a strategy that they've taken. I think that means that some people will unsubscribe or delete what they're sending. Um, and, uh, and others will appreciate that because you're in front of them every single day and they're thinking about, you know, the, the latest tips, the latest article, whatever. I think a lot of people don't have capacity for that. I think one of the mistakes, though, if you are sending out emails, um, you know, if, if you said you're going to send them once a week or once a month or I don't know, whatever you're doing, then people will be like, well, people who are, you know, they said they would send it once a week and they missed a week or two. Mm-hmm. The first thing they do is like, hi everyone, so sorry. Like in the top of the email, so sorry, you haven't seen me for the last few weeks. And all I can think when I read that is like, nobody noticed except you. Yeah. Like, your, your world is only most important to you. Everyone else was living their life. No one was sitting there waiting anxiously by their inbox for your email. <laughs> so <laughs> if you don't send it for a couple of weeks, I mean, do as much as you can keep a consistency, whatever that is, mm-hmm. then people understand what to expect from you. But if you have to fall out of that, I would say like, for the most part, you don't need to like apologize for it because nobody was waiting for it unless it was, I don't know what it would be like unless there's something that they rely on in some meaningful way in their life if it's just updates and the latest info and articles from you like they're happy when they get it and they mm-hmm. didn't notice that you didn't send it for 2 weeks <laughs> yeah right
0: <laughs> yeah. that's good that's good and i have definitely been there with my email list and i actually yeah. have probably made that mistake of saying oh sorry guys and and you're right like oh
1: you weren't here we didn't even know. Did not notice. Yeah, because notice. We're, we're all so we're all self-involved, so we all think everybody yeah. thinks about us all the time and nobody's thinking about us. Right. <laughs> right, exactly. So like or like people it's the same on Instagram. People will be like, "I'm back. I've been gone for 2 months." And like everyone's like, "We didn't notice." Had no you,
0: idea. Where did you go? Had no idea that you were gone.
1: You could have yeah. gone for a long time before anyone noticed who was yeah. like your closest friend that you were off the internet. So like it's weird when people announce that and it just feels a little bit selfish yeah. or out of touch or something.
0: Well, and I think the other side <laughs> of we that, all do it though. I think what's great about you saying that is that it takes some of the pressure off. I mean, yes, have a strategy, have consistency, steward it well, use the platforms, be a good communicator. But at the same time, the world doesn't end and fall apart when you miss something. And I think right now, especially in this time as everyone is trying to figure out how do we continue to communicate, communicate well. You know, I've seen some people completely pull away from the digital world. I've seen yeah. some, you know, on it hundred times more than they used to be, but just being able to take that pressure off, I think is, is really helpful.
1: And so, um, well, and I mean, if you yeah. want to grow something, consistency is key. Mm-hmm. If you want to build muscle, you have to go to the gym regularly. If you want, you know, like whatever if you want to like grow in your faith you should probably do spiritual practices regularly if you want to grow your email list you should probably email people like (laughs) you know (laughs) we should be consistent it helps Mm -hmm. but I'm just saying sometimes that common thing where people are disorganized or they only do emails every once in a while when they feel like it and then when they come back they're like I'm back and I'm like nobody noticed nobody noticed yeah
0: (laughs) Oh, that's good so as we're wrapping up um, I just want to thank you again so much for being here today I think there's so much goodness this little practice Crash course on communications. Obviously, this could be a very extended conversation. So, I really want to encourage everyone to check out all of your resources, um, website, podcast, uh, all that good stuff that we'll have in the show notes. But if if I could ask you um, to give maybe one final word of encouragement um, or challenge to those who are listening, just in the in light of hey. We have the best news. We have lots of different avenues and opportunities through which to communicate that. Um, What what final piece of advice or encouragement might you give them as kind of their commissioning or, you know, action step going from here?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a leadership podcast, so I encourage people to think of it as social leadership. A lot Mm. of people want a following, but they don't want to lead. So I encourage you to lead and steward and care for if, if you have a few hundred followers and you say that you don't have the time to answer the question they asked or comment back to them if they comment to you or go on their page sometimes and chat with them on what they're posting about. If you don't have time for that, then maybe like you just shouldn't be on the internet. <laughs> uh, because I mean, in, on the internet as, as a person who desires to lead in some way, because mm-hmm. um, it's a community and we have a great privilege um, to, to be a human being on the internet who connects with other human beings, make it as human as you can. And um, don't chase bigger numbers and whatever, you know, you could have, I mean, there are people who have very prosperous businesses over very, very small client bases because those clients are so loyal to them. And you probably, some of your listeners are that person. They have 10 clients. That's it. And that's how they pay every bill that they have (laughs) 10. And so you don't need a huge following. You want to go, you know, you want to be lead. You want to lead. You want to connect like a human and you want to, um, Um, Like actually steward care for what you've been given rather than chasing the next thing because you know You lose people that way. I think the other thing I just say is, you know, don't be afraid to try stuff I think everybody feels the imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. of who am I to have a podcast? Who am I to say things about this or that and like to some extent? Yeah, I hope (laughs) I I hope we don't act like know-it-alls about things. We don't know everything about Uh, And also, like, who are you not to? Like, why wouldn't you try? We have an amazing opportunity in the digital world to tell people about hopeful, good things. Like, you know, John Croson sees some good news. Why does it resonate? Why are millions of people watching his YouTube show every week about good news? It's because people want good news. Mm-hmm. It's a hard and heavy world. People are struggling. There's mental health issues. There's race, you know, we racism issues you just alluded to. Yeah, there's so many problems that we see on the news every day, and those are real, and we want to work towards um, solutions for those. And we want to bring people hope. We want to bring people things that make them laugh and, and, and just encourage people to try something. Just try, try a podcast, try a YouTube channel.
0: (laughs) Just try. (laughs) That's so good. I feel like those, those last two bits of encouragement that you gave us. I mean, that's the mic drop right there. Social leadership. I love the way you phrase that. And to just try. That's so good. And I feel like that's um, just a bit of encouragement and maybe even permission that some of our listeners needed to say, okay, you know what? Yes, it's time. This thing has been stirring in my heart. I've had this idea. Let's just go for it and let me use this as one more avenue through which I can love people. And like you said, care for them, pastor them, connect with them really, really well. That was so beautiful. I just want to thank you so much for your time today. It's been an honor to start getting to know you. I hope that we can maybe continue this conversation. Really excited for everyone to check out your resources i think you have so much to offer um and so i want to encourage anyone who is kind of beginning to explore or even in the midst of this world of communication um, definitely go to her podcast get to the website tons of resources there Um, but just thank you so much for coming on to share your wisdom with us today
1: oh my privilege i mean uh there we all need help we all need each other and it's just like a privilege to um, you know to be on the podcast and know that part of like a long line of these people with all this smart stuff to say so I uh, I have a lot of catching up to do (laughs) (laughs) that's great
0: thanks for listening to the table leadership podcast be sure to check out the show notes for links to the resources that were discussed at the table today and to connect with today's guest Remember to subscribe to The Table Podcast and follow along on social media at The Table Leadership. Visit thetableleadership.com to learn more about current courses and coaching opportunities. And finally, you can connect with me, your host, at ConEdgerton.com or on social media at cionedgerton. I look forward to the next time that you pull up a seat at The Table.